Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Who loves the Grinch? The Grinch. It doesn't matter if you like the animated version or the original version with, with Jim Carrey. Who likes the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch? That's the, that's the one. That's the one. But just for the kids and for for the sake. Let's do talk about the animated one, too. The animated one was pretty good as well. Um, so this month here at Axios Church, we've been going to the movies and then also paralleling, paralleling everything with the nativity story. And um, so we're not only here just to eat the popcorn. We're not only here just to watch a, a quick little clip. But we're here to learn about Jesus. The, the reason why we're doing all this, the reason why we celebrate Christmas, the reason why we're here as a church, it's all because of Jesus. And before a cross, before a grave, there was a manger. And um, it's, it's so the story starts there and is the story of our redemption, of the love that he has for us. And we truly need to know the beginning before we get to the end, because at the end, we know that we win. He's conquered it all. He conquered, the, um, he conquered that grave. He rose again. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But before that, there was Mary, there was Joseph, there were shepherds, there was wise men, and then there was also a baby Jesus. And as the Grinch was, you know, if you know the story of the Grinch, the Grinch was a mean, mean, mean person, okay? Every time that I am hangry and it's Christmas season, my kids call me the Grinch, okay? Anybody been called the Grinch before, okay? One person, we're, we're there, we're there, because we're the Grinch, all right? But it's this mean person. But if you really hear the story, you really see it in the, the real version with Jim Carrey, the Grinch was a, a different kind of kid. He was green, he was hairy, and um, and kids made fun of him. Kids made fun of him, and they... You know, they would pick at him, and then eventually he became adult, and he realized real quick that he didn't like everyone. And his job, his, his objective in life was to not make the who's happy because they were happy people. You know those times when you feeling like you want to just be mad that day, and then there's happy people all around you were like, okay, I'm calling in this day, okay? You know, <laughs> COVID today, okay? I ain't having that day, all right? I, I, when I'm mad... I just want to be mad. I just want to go in my bed and just be mad and watch football, okay? That's just me. That's just me. I don't want you to be happy around me. But the Grinch, the Who's loved Christmas. And one thing that the Grinch hated was Christmas. And his objective that, that it was to steal Christmas. So what he did, he went, he became Santa, and he stole all the gifts, all the decorations, everything, and he stole Christmas. But as I was reading in the Nativity story, there was also a Grinch figure, and this is where the story of the Nativity story kind of goes a little dark real quick. It kind of just drops off real quick. And um, we're going to talk about King Herod today because he was the Grinch of those days. And we're going to read here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 23. And we're going to kind of give a little context of what we're going to be talking about today as we talk about the Grinch, the Grinch in verse 13. Now when they have departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Joseph was Jesus' 
father. And um, so it's Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for your child and destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed um, to Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord has spoken to the prophets out of Egypt. I will call my son. So let me just give you a little context. Here's Joseph having a normal day. Jesus is already born. And and then he gets in a dream and Joseph, uh, God tells Joseph in a dream, hey, Herod's coming after Jesus. Herod's coming after the promise. Um, he's coming after Jesus and the purpose that Jesus was for uh, on this earth to do. So you need to get up and go. Everybody say get up and go. Okay, so in verse 16 says this, and Herod, when he saw that um, he was tricked by the wise men, became furious and was sent to kill all the male children in Bethlehem and in that region who they who were two years and under, according to the time that was that that, that the wise man was there. Then he fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah in a voice I heard in Ramah, um, a weeping and lamentation, Rachel weeping for their children. He refused to be comforted because there was no one more. So this is where it kind of goes a little crazy here. OK. You ever, it, 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 it kind of like, kind of went from one to a hundred real quick. So the, the wise man comes to Herod and said, hey, we want to see this child. And then Herod sends him out to do this task. Hey, when you see the child, come report back to me and tell me the location of the child, basically. Because I want to worship him. Be careful with people's motives sometimes. Okay? So now, they, the wise man because they saw Jesus, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, they saw Jesus, and by seeing Jesus, by experiencing the baby, it changed their perspective, and they went another way. So they were supposed to give uh, give report to Herod, hey, Jesus is here, he's the, here, but because they experienced Jesus. When you experience Jesus, whatever the enemy meant for your destruction, God's going to turn it for his good. Because he went, they went another way, and now Herod realized that the wise men tricked them, and he got mad, and he went from one to a hundred real quick. He said, "I'm not only going for it. I'm not. If I'm going to find this baby, I'm gonna have to take matters into my own hand." And he started killing all the children from two years old and under, and just started. It's just a massacre of children. The Grinch that stole Christmas, and then he says here in verse 19. But then when Herod died. Behold, the angel went to the Lord and appeared to, to, to Joseph in Egypt. Arise and take the child back to his mother, to the land of Israel, where the uh, for the one who sought the child's life is dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to Israel. So the Grinch Herod found out he was getting tricked. Went to kill Jesus because he said, if I'm not going to find Jesus, I'm going to find Jesus myself. I'm going to weed out what I need to to do what I needed to do. So you know why he wanted to kill Jesus? Because Jesus was the king of the Jews, and he did not like that because Jesus had a purpose. Jesus had a promise on his life, and, and that what the enemy wanted to do was to kill that promise, to kill that purpose before it was mature. The, the enemy knows that if he can kill your promise, 
If he can kill your purpose that God has in your life in his infancy, that it can never mature to what it truly needs to be. See, that's why whenever you're trying to, to, to do what is right, when you're trying to live for God, when you're trying to do all the right things, the enemy tries to fight you more because it's at infancy stage. And God says that we are progressing. We're from glory to glory. to There's a progression to our maturity as believers. But, we, but the enemy knows if I can kill it as a baby, it will never become the king. Here's, here's the thing I need to ask you today. Be careful of the people that don't mind you. Any, they don't care about your business. They don't put spotlights to you until you become a threat. And when you become a threat, then they want to kill your purpose. They want to kill your purpose with words. They want to kill your purpose with actions. They want to kill your purpose. Be careful whenever you don't have, when the attention's not on you, but then when the spotlight's on you, people come at you. Because they want to kill that purpose. See, Joseph's father knew and heard of this, what was going to happen to Jesus. So God changed the plans Change the plan. The question is, how do we respond when God changes our plans? I'm going to give you a minute. <laughs> what happens in your life? What is your response when God changes your plans? Because now we see Joseph in a dream in the middle of the night. God saying, get up and go. Number one, I'm in the middle of sleeping. Nobody waking me up. But he heard this. So what is, what do we do when God says go? When God says trust now? When God says give now? When God says move now? How is our response? I can say that sometimes what needs to change and probably will hurt in the midst of changing is really leading you to saving your purpose. Because what you want, what God is telling you to change, you want to hold on to, but in reality, you think it's benefiting your life, but it's actually holding you back from what really God wants to do. So God will take you in the middle of the night. God will wake you in the middle. God will, will stop you in the middle before you get that job. God will stop you before you get that promotion sometimes. God will say, be, before you get in that relationship, he will say, stop. Because if you, if you really go through with this, you can never be fulfilled the purpose that God has for your life. But what do we do as humans? <laughs> but God, I like this. I love this. And we become our little God within ourselves, and we ruin our purpose. There's so many people in our and that I know in my life that had a calling on their life, not, not as a preacher, not as a pastor, but just do you understand that calling is not only because you're a preacher? Matter of fact, you as a nurse, you as working in that warehouse, you as a teacher are around people more than I will ever be around people. So, in fact, there's more of a calling on your life sometimes. To be the light in the dark places. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. People are looking towards us to see Jesus. So here we see that, that Joseph was dealing with this situation. But here's what we need to know. 
Joseph got up in the middle of night and went right away. How did he know? Why, what gave him the courage to do that? Because God met him before so he can trust God for the, in, uh, for the meeting right now. Sometimes in life, we have to understand that, that God is going to tell us to move. God is going to tell us to do things, and we need to trust him all the way. And sometimes the only thing I can do to trust God is know that he got me back. He, when I didn't have an answer, when I didn't know, he got me out of that situation. And if he's telling me to do something now, I got to look back and say, God, if you got me out of that, I can move into this. Because it's all leading to what God has for me in my purpose. So Joseph had the courage to say, hey, if you're waking me up at the middle of the night, I'm just going to go. If you're telling me to go to Egypt, I'm going to go. We need believers to say, God, if you want me to go left, I'm going to go left. If you want me to go right, I'm going to go right. If you want me to fight today, I'm going to be fight. If you want me to stay humble, God, I'm going to stay humble. If you want me to shut my mouth, I'm going to shut my mouth. If you want me to speak, I'm going to speak. We have to be attentive to what God is doing. Like the promise needs to be fulfilled but the enemy wants to kill it but it's our responsibility to protect the promise that god has for us on the inside it's our responsibility god gives the promise it's our job to protect it just as joseph had to protect the promise which the promise was jesus and he had to go here's some things that that we need to know as we're protecting the promise that god has on the inside of us number one Don't kill your purpose by not listening. Don't kill your purpose by not listening. Don't mess up your purpose not listening to his voice. You heard I said his voice. See, Joseph had to to be attentive to what God was saying to live out the purpose that he had for his life. And if we're listening to multiple voices and not to the one voice, we're going to be scattered in our life. You ever felt that before? Like, I'm just all over the place. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just all over the place. Maybe you've taken an inventory of the voices that are in your life. Because what we listen to, we act in. What we surround ourselves with is who we become. So if you want to be different, If you want some different things in your life, maybe you have to listen to the right voice. So Joseph had to listen to the voice of God. Joseph had to listen to save the promise and protect what what he was doing in his life. Are we aware enough to speak? When he speaks, we act. Because there's times he speaks and we just sit back. I'm just waiting on my time. God said, hey, why why don't you serve in that area? Oh, just, I'm just waiting. For the right time. What is the right time? We are not promised tomorrow. We can be here today and be God. All you got is right now. All you got is today. All you got is this moment. And we need to do and be and become who God's called us to be now because we're not promised tomorrow. There's no other time. The only time is now. Sometimes we don't like to listen to God's voice because it's scary and it messes with our mission in our life. Well, I want to be this and I want to do that. I got some goals and some dreams. Be careful that the goals and the dreams are out of self-will and not his will. Just because somebody on TikTok is successful don't mean you need to do that as well. We have too many people that are just Instagram and Facebook and and, and they're just, that's their religion. (laughs) 
be careful that we become soaked into what we think we need to be and not what God wants us to be. And we only do that by listening to his voice. Are we aware enough to listen to his voice? It says it clear here in John chapter 10, verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and know, and I know them and they know me and I, and they follow me. It's clear as they know my voice and they follow. They know me. They know me. See, what's another way? His voice, but also his words. His voice is my compass in life. His word is my map. His voice is what directed me, but he gives me his word, his, 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 the Bible as my roadmap to my life. He directs me with his voice, but he gives me the instructions with his word. See, we have to know his voice, his voice is mostly heard through his word. And if we're not listening to his word, I'm talking about your Bible. If we're not listening to his word and soaking them in, we're not, his voice is always going to be foreign. You know, when you go to another country or, you know, and then, you know, I remember when Jess started, we started, Jess started dating me, <laughs> you know, and she went to Christmas at the Oliveira's household, straight up Puerto Rican, dominoes and all, okay? Coquito and all, right? And, and they're just speaking in Spanish and, and everything like that. And she's just like sitting there, the only white girl in the whole thing. It is unfortunate that she don't know Spanish, but then turn around and I go to the other, and I'm the only brown boy, but I know English. And I know what they're talking about. See, we, we have to understand this in, in our life. is his, his voice will be foreign if we don't have his word in our heart. And most of the time, he's not going to speak in this automate voice. He's not going to be like, okay, you move now. It, it, most likely, it won't happen that way. Most of the time, it's going to be through his word. And if we're not in his word, then really what voice are you listening to? What voice are you listening to in your life? We need in our culture, in our world, in church world. The thing is, our, we, we listen to a word, but are we really listening to the word? We have to listen to the words of God. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, but he answered, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need his words, his voice in our life. Number two, don't kill the purpose living in fear. Don't kill the purpose living in fear. Sometimes we read the nativity story, we read the Bible and we're like, that's a, that's a cute thing. The angel just said, hey, somebody's come to kill your baby. Anybody have a kid? You can mess with a lot of things in my life. But when you come for my kids, it's coming in. So Joseph knew that Herod was coming for baby Jesus. Fear could have gripped him right away. And what happens when fear grips you you can't hear the word of God, and you only go by your feelings. You go by your just intellect. 
You go by what you just know. And sometimes that gets us in trouble. Actually, most of the time it gets us in trouble. See, we have to know that living in fear, fear is a liar. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 4 says, I, I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Proverbs chapter 29, verse, tw uh, 29, verse 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is what? Safe. It's safe. At times, we mess up the purpose because we're so scared of the fear of timing. How about just the right time? Like, I just, I just, especially, I, I talk to college students all the time. Uh, I'm 22, and I'm just missing my window of getting married. And all the older people are like, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. But in reality, that mindset is attached to a fear. It's a fear of like, hey, I, I, I really don't know if, if I'm really accepted. How about, how about a fear of other people's opinion? I'm scared to take the leap because what, what would my family say? What would my friends say? Uh, it's the fear of opinions. How about the fear of change? Who's the people that love change? Who's the people that hate change? Exactly. Because change is attached to a fear of the unknown. In reality, if we come back to the root of that, it's you really want control. Fear and control sometimes go hand in hand. But us as believers and us holding this purpose and this promise on the inside, keep it safe for when God wants to use it. What we got to do is we can't live life in fear. When God says move, fear has to go. Fear, you can't live gripped in fear. When you gripped in fear, you put a halt to the promise. You put a halt to the promise. Fear is a liar. Don't let the things hold, you, hold your promise. Here's what fear does. Fear minimizes your huge purpose in your life. Because then it starts questioning things. Am I really? Can I really? Do I have enough? No, it's fear. Step out in boldness and confidence. If God is for you, who shall be against you? We've got to stop living in fear and live in faith in our God. See, Egypt was foreign to Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. But Joseph had enough faith to say, hey, if Egypt is it, we ain't going to live in fear. If the journey's long, we're just going to get to where you tell us to go. Fear is a liar. Number number three is this. Don't kill the purpose yourself. Now I'm coming for you. Don't kill the purpose yourself. At, I know at times we blame the enemy. Oh, the devil made me do this. Oh, the enemy's fighting me. Maybe you just made a stupid choice. Maybe you just got in the way. You know why we blame the enemy? Now, I'm not saying the enemy's not working. Don't, don't get me wrong. Get it twisted around here, okay? Because he's working. But the reality is sometimes 
We blame the enemy because we don't want to take accountability. Holy moly. Because I'd rather blame. I'd rather blame than actually put the mirror to me and say, I need to change. And and, and in a way, sometimes what that happens is we get in our own way. We blame the enemy and not take responsibility. We get in our own way and the purpose is not fulfilled. Thank God Joseph didn't get in his own way and he followed the instructions all the way. But us as humans, you know what we do? This uh, two things. This is what we do. We we put our additions to it. What is our additions to it? Okay, our additions to it, we add to the purpose. We add to the purpose because it's more appealing my way than God's way. Because God tells me to crucify my flesh daily, but sometimes on Tuesday I like my flesh. So I'm going to add a little. It's just, it's just a little bit of sin. It's just a little bit of lying. It's just a little bit. And we add and add and add. And we look three years later and we're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Because the additions we add messes up the purpose that God is doing. And sometimes we live half the purpose. This is the saddest thing that I see people, people living half their purpose and not to the fullest. Like you see glimpse of what God can really do, but then they get in the way. Like they get just enough and they run away. And you live half your purpose that God has for you. Because you're adding things to your life that doesn't need to stop adding and start trusting what you have to fulfill the purpose and uh, to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. We have to live a life of contentment. We are okay with what God gives us in this season. Contentment is important in your life. When you're seeing the grass is greener on the other side, yes, this grass is greener on the side, but it's probably not your grass. Oh, it's very good out there, but guess what? It's probably not your season. So we got to be content in what God is doing and not add in the timing that we want. Number Another thing that we do, we subtract. Not only do we add, but we take away things in our life. We want to be, this is the funniest thing. People, my motto in life is people are funny. We say it all the time, right? I love people, but People are funny because people, some people, what people do is like, oh, I just want community. I'm just, I'm just ready for community, but you don't join a small group. <laughs> I, I, what people say, no, I, I just want to, I just don't go to church because there's just fake people there. Join the club. Like, we we give excuses, and we subtract the things that should be benefiting our life because we subtract because we want to do it our own way. We, We know community is important, and we give opportunities for community, but if you subtract that in your life, you're only messing your purpose. See, there's opportunities for us to grow. There's opportunities for us to learn, but if we do not add those things in life, but we subtract them, we're never going to reach the purpose that God has for us. We need to subtract. We can't subtract what is necessary because God feeds you towards your purpose in things that are really beneficial for your life. But what do we do? Most of the time, we subtract the things that really benefit 
and add things that really don't need to. We got to balance those things because God is moving and the purpose on the inside is greater than what you are doing right now. What where you are right now is not enough. He wants to do more in your life as a close church. God has a purpose for everyone. I mean, he's created you, molded you. If he didn't want you on this earth, guess what? You wouldn't be here. <laughs> it says he gives and he takes away. So if you have breath in your lungs, you still have purpose. But the thing is, are you protecting that? Are you truly protecting your purpose? Are you getting in the way? Are you adding some things that really don't need to be added in your Are you subtracting things that really need to be in your life? Are, are we really understanding how big our purpose is, our promise on the inside? Because if you truly understood that, you would do whatever it takes for that purpose to be fulfilled. If I could tell you right now that God has that promotion for you three years later, what would you do different that you're doing now? If I say, hey, God has that husband, that, that wife for you in, in, in about two months, what would you do different? Well, God has this thing. God has this job that has, has this, this investment. God has this. What if I told you there was a time period to your blessing? What would you do now? You probably would do something a little different than what you're doing now. But here's the reality. That don't happen. So we got to live each and every day that this moment, the purpose is going to be fulfilled. That this moment, the purpose could be fulfilled. We can't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promise. Purpose got to be fulfilled today. So you got to do whatever it takes. You have to live your life mature enough to say, my temporary pleasures are not enough to diminish my grand purpose. You, you have to be, are you, are you in infancy form? Are you mature enough to say, whatever the enemy throws at me, I'm not going to entertain his lie. Because here's the thing I know. Is Joseph had a choice to protect his purpose, which is Jesus. And the enemy knew that he was going to try to kill it at his infancy form. And as a father, I know that my kids at this point can't make decisions for themselves. They, 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 I mean, some of the decisions they make, I'm like, like I, I, I stop using words anymore. I just use hand motion. I'm like, son, because right now they're reliant on us teaching them things that they don't know. A, a kid don't know that the stove is hot until what? You either touch, they touch it or you tell them, hey, don't do this. We're training them, right? So that's at infancy form. But eventually, they're going to grow up. And they're going to be more mature. And the decisions that they make, they know that that stove is hot. But if they make that decision, guess what? They're dumb for touching the stove because they know that it's hot. It's the same thing with our walk with Christ. At infancy form, 
you probably need to be like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this. You, you probably shouldn't post this. You probably shouldn't talk this way. But there's going to come a time in your life where you got to leave infancy and stop drinking the milk and start eating some meat. And you're going to have to make decisions that probably mommy and daddy told you not to do before. But now you're living in it. And in reality, you're hurting your purpose. You're hurting your promise. Because God has given you a promise. God has given you a purpose. And the only person that can fulfill that is you. But what can we do to nurture that? To save that? To be who God's called us to be? Sometimes we got to get out of the way. Let God be God. We're supposed to be so We're supposed to be walking. It says, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we don't have his word, our path isn't lit. I'm just trying to be as practical as possible. This ain't me. <laughs> this is the Bible. Talk to God about this, all right? Because I'm just telling you what he says. He says, your word, your voice, your words that I need to be soaking in daily. I don't need to be listening to things that are trying to put me down. I'm not trying to listen to things that are trying to hold me back. Listen, I know it might have a good beat, but it's good for my soul. I know that everybody's watching this, and, and yeah, I, but is it good for you right now? Because your word is a lamp unto my feet. You want your light? You want your purpose to be fulfilled? You want to walk into your destiny? Why don't you get your words in it? Because when his word is in you, he lights up the path in front of you. He walks, and when you walk, he's there. You have to get his word. It's simple, but we complicate it. You know why? We want to do ask you this and I'm done. Let me just shut this thing off before I, I, I preach another couple minutes, okay? Now I'm going to leave it on. <laughs> you doing you, what has, it, what has it done for you? <laughs> like, I'm not, let's just be a simple question. You doing your way, what has it got you? Why don't we try to change some perspective today? Why don't you try? Just try God's way. And if it don't work for you, guess what? Do your way. And you, 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 at least you know where you're going to be. We have to have believers that are not scared of fear, that are mature enough to say, I'm going to keep on going. We can't have weak Christians that turn every way possible because something happens in their life and they, they turn quick to their, away from their promise. I call them pivot believers. Anybody like basketball? Pivot? Or at friends? Pivot! Pivot! Whenever life hits, we pivot. Oh God, I want to I give you my all. pivot can we stop playing games today stop being a baby and get mature we can't live that way anymore 
Because what God has for you is so much bigger. It's so much better. It's so much where you are. Where you are is not enough. We have to move. We have to move. It grows. Because here, my promise that God has is bigger than my comfort that I need right now. It's bigger. It's better. Do we have believers or people that say, hey, enough is enough. The enemy's going to try to come and kill your purpose. The question is, are you letting him? Because he has no power over you. If you have Jesus in you, you can look the enemy in the face and say, not today. You ain't going to have my kids. You got people here that are bold. You ain't going to have my kids. You ain't going to have my purpose. You ain't going to have my family. When's the last time you prayed for that, 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 that person that you know that's going to hell? You ain't going to have my, my friends group. You're not going to have my company. You're not going to have my finances. You guys get, you, we get mad at somebody cutting us off, but we can't get mad at the enemy that's trying to kill our purpose. They cut you off and you're like, blank, blank, and that ain't tongues. You ain't Pentecostal in that moment. Why can't we get mad at the one that's trying to kill our soul kill our purpose we need to get mad at the enemy and say you are not gonna have it today you ain't gonna be the bridge in my life i'm gonna stand firm and bold and live out what god has for me i will be mature thank you again for joining us here at axios hey to hear more messages just like this go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.